Hello and welcome to an extra special bonus episode of Allegedly Astrology. Each week we break down the astrology that happened during some of the biggest scandals and events in history. Dana, what's today's topic? Today we're diving a little bit deeper into the charts of September 11th and shit surrounding it. And our friend Cam White is back to help us. Cam's back. You know, he can't, he can't, uh not get into these conspiracies so uh, <laughs> if you don't if you didn't listen to our jeffrey epstein episode which we highly recommend that you do cam is an awesome astrologer um podcast host what cam how would you describe yourself uh i would describe myself many ways but we'll, we'll call myself an astrologer for right now a- i think that, I think that definition right works yes i think that works <laughs> youtube yes. star yes and Potentially. yeah a but maybe a budding youtube star but um we're back because we kept our main 9-11 episode pretty top line but there's a lot more to discuss so we're gonna get a little bit deeper into the weirdness this episode Yes, and for anyone that hasn't listened to our 9-11 episode, Def, go listen to it. And for everyone alive right now that doesn't know what 9-11 is, is a quick recap is that on September 11th, 2001, planes were flown into the World Trade Center and a ton of people died. The stock markets crashed. We basically declared war on terror against a war on terror against everyone. And um, we lost a ton of civil liberties. So that pretty much sums it (laughs) up. Yeah, that pretty much sums it up. Um, But there are a few key people we didn't get to talk about in our last ep, but played very major roles in this whole 9-11 and post 9-11 situation. So let's get more into those people. Okay, so we cannot talk about 9-11. Guess who we're going to (laughs) talk? Guess who we're going to bring up? (laughs) Without talking about fucking former vice president of the United States, Mr. Richard Cheney. Dick. AKA Dick. <laughs> yes. Richard. Um, but if you remember from our last episode, after the planes hit, President Bush was sort of like flying around on Air Force One because the Secret Service didn't want to send him back to Washington because they didn't know what's going on. They didn't think it was safe. And because it was 2001 and he was chilling in the air, he didn't actually get that much intel which meant that Dick Cheney was pretty much running the show. So what? let's get a little more info on, on who he is. Dick Cheney was a former chief of staff, congressman, and secretary of defense, so he's definitely not fucking around when it comes to politics. And later he was the CEO of Halliburton, which is an oil company, but he left that life to go back into politics to be the 46th vice president of the United States under George W. Bush. So people call him the most powerful vice president in history, because he staffed up the Bush government, which is like a thing a vice president does not do. He was also seen as George Bush's puppeteer. And a lot of people say he hijacked the presidency. How much so? (laughs) I don't know. We weren't there, but it sounds pretty bad. Other notable things about Dick Cheney are that he shot someone in the face, he jerks for war, and he's super into waterboarding. So what are his big three? He was born on the 30th, 1941 in Lincoln, Nebraska at 7.30 p.m., which makes him an Aquarius sun, a Pisces moon, and a Virgo rising. So he was born right after a new moon. So he's Interesting. like, you know, it's about being new. It's a Virgo rising. So he's controlling. Um, he has Pluto in the 12th house, which is secrets. And it's opposite his son and Mercury in the sixth house, which are like secrets regarding what the fuck he does all day. Um, and his son in the sixth house is like being subservient to, uh, George W. Bush. But like, it's not breaking news that he gets shit done in the shadows. That's what I interpret this 12 and six axis about. Um, Gemini in the 10th. Also, I feel like that's kind of like vice president position because it's like number two. Um, and he was born in, like during a Taurus Great conjunction, which happened right before 9-11, which is just really interesting. And it's in his ninth house, which is Whoa. the house of like beliefs. And um, therefore, like maybe like he thinks he's God. Uh, it squares his son in Mercury. So there's sort of like tension there. Like he's just on a power trip, especially between his um, duties, which is the sixth house and then his beliefs in the ninth house. There's a lot going on in this chart, Kim. What do you think? Um, well, I just rewatched the movie Vice, and if oh anyone God, so here has not not watched it, they absolutely <laughs> should. Yes. Um, and they make a, well, they make a really good point about Dick Cheney's whole political mo, which was to pretty much serve whatever power he can to get a taste of power, uh, which I think is really evident with his ascendant ruler being Mercury in the sixth, because the sixth house is a classical uh, rulership of servants, and uh, the sixth house is going to be coworkers when you work with something mm. and for someone, and I think that goes with Mercury 
Sanctuary being, again, his 10th house ruler in the 6th, his ascendant ruler in the 6th. You know, before, I mean, even he was known as the vice president, not, not exactly the person in power, right, but still more focused on serving that role. Uh, what's more, in- I mean, there's so many things interesting about his chart. Um, I love. I, I don't want to say I love actually, hmm? um, but yeah. just something to br- bring up is his moon in Pisces in the seventh, opposite Neptune in Virgo, where that line of like he was uh, President Bush's puppeteer essentially, where he you know played the facade of oh it's you know I'm not really doing anything I'm just kind of the guy in the background it's really George Bush versus he was the one actually you know pushing the agenda of everything just seems very moon in seventh you know being able to you know, convince people, uh, get really emotionally close to people. Um, there was something in vice too, where he, he asked like a really messed up like question. And, uh, that someone like this was like logged out as like a thing. Like he asked like this really messed up question. He put, he framed things in this really messed up way, but no one kind of questioned, like he was kind of like funny with it, which is very like moon and Pisces being able to kind of like, yeah, be cute. Oh, just say something kind of like out of left <laughs> field. And then just like, we could just brush off of it later. But yeah, um, his Uranus on the midheaven, uh, you know, really unexpected things going on in his career really a lot of I mean like from going from the Nixon administration to the Ford administration was a very Uranian thing of just kind of jumping up the the ladders and the ninth house also too is uh, a classical ruler of politicians and so the fact that you have Jupiter Saturn here and when you talk about you know natal promises and natal charts really coming alive that Jupiter Saturn conjunction in his ninth house was like you know elevating to that you know um superior authority position that that Jupiter Saturn conjunction would have promised the same thing too. Jupiter rules the seventh house of partnerships and like, you know, something I think I always like to think about with the seventh house is working in tandem with people. Right. So you have Mm. Saturn conjoining Jupiter. That's going to represent some type of authority, some type of politician that he's working with. I just, there's a lot of factors of him being a coworker or a vice rather than a, like a actual leader, an actual figurehead. Tight. Interesting. After nine 11 happened, Dick Cheney was one of the people that, shaped American foreign policy and created the world we live in now. Like, I don't know if people realize like sort of like what the effects 9-11 have on our daily life now. Um, But he did a lot of shady shit while in office. But one of those things was to send intelligence directly to his own office um, so that it would come to him first before it got to the president, which is obviously very uncommon. Um, He established another intelligence agency within the Pentagon. So this led to a lot of like misinformation, withholding information that a lot of that eventually led us going to war in Iraq. So what's his chart look like? Are we Dana, are we going to do the 9-11 chart or the America's chart? Both. OK, so it's a triwheel. So at, a triwheel is a okay. new word. It's the same thing as a bi-wheel, but there's a third. So it's a triwheel. Oh, OK, cool. Yeah. Excited. Mm-hmm. Cheney, Sagittarius, Mars in his fourth house is conjunct America's Ascendant and uh, the 9-11's Pluto. So Pluto was conjunct his Mars like following 9-11 within the next two or three years. Um, and so, like, we know he's working behind the scenes and controlling um, just, like, all of the operations. We we know that. There's a movie about it. Um, <laughs> and, like, Mars's strategy in war and Pluto is just, like, supercharging all that for him. So at the same time, that's, like, crossing America ascendant. ascendant. This is, like, it's, like, him kind of, again, being, like, the puppeteer, I think, behind the scenes for the Ascendant of America is, like, the American attitude. It's, like, the ideals that the Founding Fathers had when they signed the Declaration, right? And so, also, Cheney's Aquarius Sun is conjunct America's South Node, as well as the 9-11 uh, Neptune transit. So, Neptune was crossing America's South Node at the same time, uh, and that, like, drove America's, like, populace into, like, a complete panic post 9-11. And his son is, like, just there to really enhancing all of that. Like, his son is where he's shining. He's really shining, taking us down there, um, you could say. Um, and also, plus, his Neptune is conjunct America's Neptune, which is conjunct the sun on 9-11. So we have all this dual activation. or We have, like, the dual activation of Neptune and the sun. And he was born during... Um, like a Neptune return for America. It was a time when the nation and the world were at war. And so like, we literally still haven't recovered from that. And I feel like he, like that's what he was born into this whole like world war two panic. And then as he was rising to power himself, I guess, I mean, as he was rising to power in public, like I didn't know who he was. I was also 11. Um, (laughs) But still, so I feel like those are the things that really jumped out to me. Cam, do you have any? 9-11 showed up in the astrology quite literally. It's one of the times where, you know, just like a lot of times where it's very, very literal, where uh, the transit that really showed 9-11 was the Saturn-Pluto opposition, which 
uh, as that we're, you know, we're going to break down, it hit Dick Cheney's chart, it hit uh, Rudy Giuliani's chart, it hit uh, Bush's chart, and it hit Donald Rumsfeld's chart. Almost really, like all of them, it really hit like Whoa. a bunch of personal places for them. And that was the Saturn-Pluto opposition. Um, if you look into like, I think like Richard Tarnas's book. Um, Cosmos. Oh like gosh, it's, yes, Cosmos. I was like, I was like, of course it's like escaping my mind right now. He talks a lot about the Saturn-Pluto cycles, which are really important if people aren't familiar with them, but. You know, this was the Saturn-Pluto opposition, and this was Pluto and Sagittarius, so we're talking about Pluto, right? Fear, it's in Sagittarius, where there's this sense of, like, fear of, uh, under an idea, an ideology or a religion, because this gained, this turned into a whole anti-Muslim, mm, anti-Middle yes. Eastern type thing. Uh, it was a big part of globalism as well, literally the World Trade Center, um, very Pluto and Sagittarius, but it was opposite Saturn and Gemini, Saturn ruling little structures in Gemini, the twins, and literally the destruction of the Twin Towers. It's just one of those things that's so, like, I, I uh, learning about 9-11 and learning about the astrology transits that, like, show that was one of the most compelling things in me that when I first got into astrology, I was like, whoa, that's kind of, like, really, really literal. Like, Saturn yeah. and Gemini and the twins and the Twin Towers get knocked down. Um, that's the craziest thing to me. And, of course, this was happening on America's Ascendant. This was happening, you know, so directly in front of people, right? Um, looking at the 9-11 chart, and of course, comparing all three of them is quite the uh, experience to be looking at all three charts <laughs> <laughs> together. Um, but I, you know, what is very funny is that Nep- the, I thought that was a really good, uh, that was really good of you to point out was Neptune, transiting Neptune being on, uh, not Rudy Giuliani, uh, Dick Cheney's um, son. That is uh, really interesting. Also, too, because he just went so low profile in all of the media. And for really, it wasn't even until after, like, I think Bush's second term where people were like, what is this Cheney yeah. guy? And why do we, like, why do we even How have How has he had so many yeah. heart attacks? Yeah, right? <laughs> so when Dick Cheney left office, his approval, like, everyone fucking hated him. His approval rating was 13%. <laughs> wow. I love that he also doesn't care at all yeah, about I that. I know. He doesn't give a single shit about I his approval. I think he likes which it. Which is just like, that's, I, there's something almost kind of respectable about it. He's like, yeah, I'm literally a war criminal and suck my like dick about it. Like, that's pretty crazy. That's kind of crazy to think about. Yeah. He's like, what are you going to do about it? And George yeah. was just like, uh, nothing. I know. But besides just being a human demon, um, he has a total, he's had a total of five heart attacks. Like, people look at his heart to study it because he's had so many, not even kidding, like, very impressive. Um, and these days, he's honestly just like lurking in the shadows. And sometimes he comes out to like bitch about the Republican Party. But it's kind of hard to find out what he's doing. So I think just like enjoying his oil money and blood it's money. It's insane <laughs> that he's still alive. It's an yeah, outlook at all. all of us. I, I, I think God wants him to suffer for a really long time. <laughs> <Let's hope. laughs> That's why he's alive still. Let's hope. But um, another person who played a big role in the events after 9-11 was former mayor of New York, Rudy Giuliani. Um, and though a lot of people just think he's like a weird, you know, sweaty ghoul, um, <laughs> he's known today for being Trump's lawyer as well as farting loudly on camera. Um, Julie, Rudy Giuliani was very widely praised in 2001 for his response to the attacks, which is just shocking to see what he was then versus what he is now. I know, because it's it's honestly a complete, like, 180. Like, I will say, I remember, like, my dad is, like, very Democratic. And during the 9-11 shit, like, he, like, loved really Rudy Giuliani because of, like, how he handled it. So that just shows, like, everybody was, like, very behind him. Um, because at the time, you know, he was the mayor of New York. He was really seen as this hero. Um, he was named Times Man of the Year that year. Like, everyone was obsessed with him. He was called America's mayor, and that's because he was always at ground zero. He was always on TV, like, keeping New Yorkers, like, up to date on what was going on and, like, what the plans were for rebuilding um, the financial district. Um, and all of his response to the attack was admired by literally everyone. So what is going on with him and his big three? So he has a Gemini son, a Leo Moon, and is also a Virgo rising, like, Cheney, um... His Virgo rising is at the anoretic degree, so I think he's a control freak. I think Virgo risings are control freaks. I was raised by one, so maybe I think that for a reason. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, also, he this reflects that he, like, you know, served America, served America's 
uh, city. He was America's mayor or whatever. But he also has a Leo stellium in the 12th house, including Mars conjunct Pluto and Jupiter conjunct his moon. And so I still, I think this also means I have no idea what he's going up to. He has a lot of secrets. <laughs> he's probably his mob ties. But it's sextiling his Gemini stellium in the 10th house, which is the part we do see. And I feel like he's probably able to get a lot done behind the scenes that we don't see. And uh, that's not a surprising like, thing for any politician. But the astrology confirms it. Also, Saturn was in Gemini on 9-11, and this is, like, ostensibly making him make mature, measured, austere choices. It's just, like, it's reflected in his image at the time. Those are three words we would never use to describe him right now. Yeah, yeah. no, I wouldn't <laughs> use any of them. I mean, mature, he's old. But he also has, like, his son <laughs> conjunct Uranus in the 10th house in Gemini. So, like, this is, I feel like his public image is changing over time in, like, very unpredictable ways. Um, and his Neptune and Cheney's North Node are also both conjuncting America's Libra Midheaven. And so, like, that's a destiny point of a chart. And it's in America's 11th house, which is, like, Congress. So I feel like they've influenced Congress with, like, lobbying, and which, like, just influences the fate of America in general. But that's kind of, like, going far away from his chart, I guess. Um, so that's pretty, like, those are my my first hot takes. Cam, what do you see? Well, it's just kind of funny how much we're seeing these Neptune things because I feel like, you know, in order to be an American politician, you got to yeah. do the smoke and mirrors, fool everyone mm-hmm. type thing. And he's good at that. Uh, but the thing that I think of the most is this was his Saturn return and Saturn rules his sixth, his sixth oh. house of like, again, service. And it was on his midheaven. So this kind of sense of like, hey, like, you know, regardless of what you, th- you know, I think everyone is like both good and evil and just depending on, you know, what context. And, you know, if Rudy was like, hey, this is like my city and like, I feel like I got to take care of it. That was probably his Saturn return kicking into gear. And, you know, it's Saturn and Gemini. He's going to have two legacies. He's going to have two, you know, different, mm. you know, ways of being. Oh, damn, yeah. And that's just part of the problem. I mean, notice that Saturn's kind of squaring his ascendant. So it's like, sure, he might have, you know, cleaned up 9-11. But then, you know, everything he did during the Trump administration just kind of shot yeah. all that down the drain. <laughs> but that Saturn on the midheaven, that was just a Saturn return where the, like, that call to service, really, and that call to act doing, and, you know, you could kind of say it was a little bit performative, but it was Saturn on the midheaven. It's like your duty goes seen by the whole world, regardless of what that is. All politicians are performers, even if they're great. Oh, yeah. 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 I think the two legacies is really interesting. Yeah, that was great. Well, this, that was also technically would have been his uh, second Saturn return. I yeah. don't know what his first Saturn return would have been or what he did, but maybe that was probably the start of his political career, if I would probably. assume. Probably right. Yeah. Um, but this probably would have been. Well, it's also interesting, too. Uh, during the whole, when we were talking about this before the show, the whole, uh, what did he book? The Four Seasons? The four yeah. Landscaping. <laughs> landscaping. Well, that was when Saturn, his which is on his midheaven, right, was opposite his Pluto and his Mars. <laughs> like, you know, there's a lot of things coming undone. There's a lot of, you know, issues kind of coming apart at that time. Um, you know, so it's just really interesting watching Saturn's transit kind of affect him. Very cool. So though the media was like all about him, um, there were people that shit on him pretty hard. A lot of people, <laughs> it's true. Um, so a lot of people were pissed that he put the Office of Emergency Management at the World Trade Center. <laughs> so this office is how cops and firefighters communicate with each other. So everyone was like, please do not put the office there because it's a known terrorist target. So please do not do that. And he was like, yeah, it's, it's fine. So on that day, everyone was even more fucked because all those people in that building had to evacuate. So there was like no central area of communication. Just a disaster waiting to happen. And if you remember in our last episode, there was a bombing in the basement of the World Trade Center in the 90s. So it, like Sarah said, a very well-known <laughs> terrorist target. And another thing that really pissed people off were really shitty radios. The fire department at the time was using these really, really old radios that didn't work. And apparently emergency responders had been complaining about them for years, but they never got the funding to upgrade their equipment. So a lot of the families of fallen firefighters were extremely angry because they claimed the reason so many firefighters died was because they weren't able to hear the evacuation orders to leave the towers. But Giuliani was like, no, no, no. They heard. They're just heroes. Like they didn't. They just wanted to go in there. They they didn't care. They were. They knew. So people were like, um, no. <laughs> he also opened Wall Street right away, and everybody was like, oh well, we're just gonna like ignore the fact that we're snorting a bunch of asbestos. But he also went on to like praise himself, which really pissed off everyone, saying 
that he was at ground zero so much he basically was like a first responder <laughs> and everyone was like shut the fuck up no he definitely pissed off a lot of people but somehow he still emerged as a hero I, I think that has to do with the media landscape at the time being like overwhelmingly like positive and also there was no social media so like a lot of the voices <laughs> that were against him like were not heard in the general public so like you know, I think obviously his day has come, but um, currently his law license has been <laughs> suspended in New York. He's facing a criminal probe looking into whether he violated lobbying laws. But like I said, his time has come. He's taken a huge fall in terms of reputation. So what's in his chart that might indicate this fall from grace? OK, so a very poignant fall from grace that marked it for me was when he <laughs> farted on camera, which was on December 2nd, 2020, <laughs> um, in Lansing, Michigan. And the, on this day, Jupiter, Saturn, and Pluto were conjunct his south node. And um, so Jupiter is gas, and Saturn is embarrassment, and Pluto is like <laughs> sociopathy, uh, in a way. And the south node is the drain, and the butthole is the drain of the human. So this just kind of, to me, makes a lot of sense. Oh, but I think Cam will have a little more elegant take, maybe. I never want to hear the phrase that the butthole is a drain of the human. That is so gross. That's just anatomy. I know, but I hate it. <laughs> this is like version two of Ben Affleck's um, tattoo yeah, chart. Yeah, that was... <laughs> <laughs> oh, you guys did a tattoo chart for Ben Affleck's back? Yeah. Oh my yeah. God, I gotta go back and find that. That sounds really funny. <laughs> we'll send it to you. <laughs> the whole him taking, oh, I was at ground zero, blah, blah, blah. A Leo Moon's gonna Leo Moon. Let's yeah. just be honest. Like, that's just how it's gonna be. The fact that he has Leo Moon in the 12th house would also probably indicate that when he steps into that, it isn't his best look. It's a little bit of self sabotage trying to do things in this grandiose kind of mega way um the fall from grace probably has to be the saturn pluto conjunction on his south node i mean again those saturn transits it's while mercury might rule his like 10th house saturn being so prominent there saturn's transits are going to be kind of telling his story of his career and you know again i would want i, I would be curious as to what was going on for him in the 80s when Saturn conjoined that south node uh, for the first time, or that would have been, God, he's so old. Um, <laughs> who, who even knows the last, you know, 10 times it's conjoined his south node. But um, I would I, I would probably attribute it to that. And just the fact that just with how, un, I don't, I, I think you could have the best chart, but I think if you're an old man politician from the 20th century, you're going to have a fall from grace at yeah. some point in this next couple years. Also, too, I was just thinking, I'm pretty sure before he became mayor, so I think, what is it, like 30s, probably still too young. But before then, he was the district attorney and he was like super well known for like going after mafia guys. So I think that's why he became mayor was because he was like super liked oh, yeah. because of that. He recently freaked everyone out at the 9-11 memorial dinner that he gives every year. Um, this time it was for the 20th anniversary. But he gave a speech that was supposed to, like, commemorate people. But he, like, started talking about, like, not to bring back up, like, Ghislaine and fucking Jeffrey Epstein. But he started talking about Prince Andrew and started, one, talking in a British accent, imitating the Queen. Yes. Yes. Crazy. Literally yes. look it up. But then he kept saying, like, I only met Prince Andrew once and, like, I was never with a young girl with him. Like it got super weird. And then afterwards he had to publicly say he like wasn't hammered at this event, which is like the sign of always a great speech. You know, you have to, well, yeah. you have to remember too. Remember he was on, um, that one freaking movie, Sasha Baron Cohen, that oh, made, yeah, yeah. He, they made him look like a, a child predator or whatever. And he was like, no, don't have sex with my daughter or whatever. Um, I'm sure <laughs> he's probably still trying to clean up from that. Which I, what, what's the transit of that, of him having yeah, a movie? Yeah, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I forgot about that. Well, it's just one of those things, too, where... Well, he's got this Sun-Uranus conjunction, too, where it's just, like, the most unpredictable, destabilizing things. Like, I mean, like, out of all of those people, like, we don't hear about Donald Rumsfeld anymore. Um, I mean, George Bush has kept low-key quiet He's life a painter now. For, so far. He's, like, a painter and acts like he cares people about things now. People think he's, like, now. folksy. <laughs> yeah, right, as if he's not a war... Like, Ellen's hanging out with him, taking pictures at, like, football games. Um... But, you know, just Giuliani is very 
up in everyone's business. Um, always just kind of in the, I mean, that's also too sun. You're on a Saturn in the 10th house. Like, look at me and regardless, you know, it could be good, could be bad. Stick around to find out. Yeah. <laughs> so now we're going to shift from people who were actually involved in 9-11 to someone who pretended to be, which you have to be a whole kind of fucked up to do that. But this person claimed to be a survivor of 9-11 and rose to actually be the president of the World Trade Center Survivor Network. Um, this is a survivors group. And spoiler alert, it was later uncovered that she was actually never even there. And her name was Tanya Head. I'm so obsessed with this story, like more than I could ever explain in words. So Tanya Head is known as the fake World Trade Center survivor. And Tanya actually isn't actually even her real name. Her name is Alicia Estevez Head, and she's from Barcelona, Spain. So I probably did not pronounce her name correctly. So before we get into her tale of lies, what are her big three? We like don't even really know. We don't know what time she was born, but she was born on July 31st, 1973, not 1793 in Barcelona, Spain. Um, And so she's a Leo sun and either a Leo or a Virgo moon. Um, She has Jupiter in Aquarius opposite her Leo sun. And this was interesting to me, especially because this is the reverse of the Nirvana baby grifter, (laughs) which I think is coincidental, (laughs) but worth noting. Um, It's just honestly like a very weird coincidence. Um, I think that the transits are really interesting for her chart. Yeah, she uh, she just manipulated people that were grief stricken. Um, but she shared a very elaborate 9-11 story that got her a ton of headlines and fame. She claimed she had been in the South Tower in a meeting on the 78th floor, very specific, when the first plane struck. And then she claims her fiance, Dave, was working in the North Tower on a floor that was above where the plane hit, because obviously if you were working on those floors, there was no way to get out. So he died, she said. And then she describes how her arm was almost severed and she was badly burned while she was trying to escape. Like, she just really kept going with it. Basically what she did, like, she would tell these stories in survivors groups and all the real survivors were like, holy shit, like, you had the craziest, worst story out of all of us. And it was because her story involves like love and death and survival. <laughs> so the media is like all about it. But then the more she told it, like the more it would change and a lot of details weren't adding up. Yeah. And survivors noted other sketchy things like her arm injury didn't look like it was burned, which like if you have a burn injury like that shit, unless you get like skin grafts and stuff like that shit stays with you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And uh, she never really brought any friends or relatives to the survivors meetings, which was very common to do. But no one really said anything because like grief stricken, they didn't want to seem like a jerk, etc. Yeah. But then six years later, the New York Times just like fucked her shit up and came out with a story that says she was lying. Like, you know, Dave wasn't real. It gave her fiance. <laughs> he never existed. She just made up a name. Um, her name wasn't even Tanya. She wasn't even in the U.S. when oh my God. 9-11 happened. <laughs> so, you know, what is like, going I, on? Like, was there like, nobody fact-checked Performance anything? art of the 21st century is all, like, grifting. Okay. <laughs> so, she on 9-11, uh, Neptune is co-present with Uranus, and Neptune's conjunct her Jupiter and opposite her sun. Um and I'm not a medical astrologer, but I feel like this is honestly could be temporary psychosis. Like Neptune and Uranus transits can just be sinister. <laughs> She's also in her nodal opposition, which is like notable for the 27 club and in her fourth house year, which is like a hard and destabilizing time often for most people or for many people. I honestly, I do think she was like psycho psychotic a little bit. I mean, you have to be to make up that story in some yeah, way. Yeah, I mean, you have to have some kind of mental illness. And the article was published on uh, September 27th, 2007. And on this day, Mars was in Gemini opposite Pluto and Sagittarius. And Mars is conjunct her Saturn, which is conjunct 9-11 moon in Gemini. So she's being outed for lying. A lesson for Saturn and Gemini might be how to tell the truth in life and how to, like, discern facts. Um, Saturn is austere and disciplinary. And when it gets activated in our charts, like it did with the moon on 9-11, like is maybe when we'll make a commitment or learn a lesson. And so she, on 9-11, her, her, like, she was in her Saturn return era, but Saturn hadn't conjuncted her Saturn yet. But that's... But the moon crossed her Saturn and she committed to a story which probably became super integral to her entire Saturn return. She, I think she probably fully committed to it. And this whole experience became about that story. Maybe she lied to herself into it. But Mars, which was transiting again in 2007 when the story was published, is the knife, like cutting the story out of her life. And then transiting Pluto and Sagittarius is opposite 
this like aspect and Saturn is in or Sagittarius is the truth and like Pluto is secret. So it's just like the whole revelation of, you know, this shit. Cam, take it away. Sure, she could have been mentally ill. Also, what a great performance. That is how you Leo, is you're just saying, no, we're going to go all the way, and I'm going to sell this. And just the fact, too, that like, they, they had to find her out by being like, that arm, your missing arm doesn't look like it's from... That is, like, she fucking sold it. Your um, missing arm just is funny there. To me. Um, that, like, yeah, like, that's a little weird. Um, but again, let's go back to Neptune. Transiting Neptune's on her Jupiter. At 9-11. And that whole idea of, let me put on a facade. If I am with these people, it's actually not real. But I am a part of these people. I'm not actually, but I am. I'm going to tell you guys that. It's very Neptune on top of Jupiter and Aquarius. Let's also mention during the New York Times, uh, when the article got posted, Jupiter was on her uh, was on um, 9-11's Pluto, which is really interesting. Because Jupiter, of course, is going to be like that promotion of truth. And, and Pluto, mm. uh, I feel like more astrologers are starting to kind of get to the idea that Pluto is going to be about like conspiracy theories and like things people don't want to talk about. Jupiter can join that. Pluto's like, hey, let's bring up some truth about this and things you don't want to hear. Mm. Now, on the chart that we're using, we have her moon at zero degrees like Virgo, which in my opinion would make sense. That would put her moon on Regulus. That would put her in a position of extreme notoriety, um, whether that was, you know, for good or bad reasons. But Saturn during that transit was on top, would have been on top of her moon, uh, which would have been on Regulus too. Also like, you know, profiting off of a story for money, very like moon and Regulus second house type thing. And I think Saturn on the south node going on top of her moon, if we think that the moon's in Virgo is very, I think very telling of like, mm, yeah, you're lying. And <laughs> also like, what are you doing here? <laughs> I didn't also, I can't, I can't believe she became the leader of like, like, <laughs> right. like that's so dude, involved. She just went with it. So <laughs> like involved. what a theater kid. No, she's, like, worth looking into her story because she was, like, a vicious bitch to those survivors. Like, she, like, clawed her way to the top of that survivor's network. It's, like, insane. Wow. Yeah. Well, anyway, we're going to move from people involved or not involved in 9-11 to the after effects of 9-11. And one of the biggest... Ooh, the fun part. The fun part. (laughs) And one of the biggest policies that came as a result was the little known thing called the Patriot Act. And the Patriot Act was signed just a few weeks after 9-11. And it's super controversial, to say the least. Yeah, and let it be known, I was almost driven to insanity trying to distill this thing down because it is a rough writer's anthem. <laughs> I, I was going to say that, too. I was like, this is like quite the subject to just go over in like really well in a few sentences. <laughs> but um, the Patriot Act's official name is the uniting and strengthening America by providing appropriate tools required to intercept and obstruct terrorism and its goal, according Whoa. to the government is to prevent and punish terrorist attacks in the U.S. and abroad by enhanced law enforcement. But what people really focus on is that it gives intelligence agencies like the FBI and the NSA more ways to snoop into like your personal shit. Yes, just really broad sweeping powers all around. But prior to this, there were shockingly rules put in place meant to protect Americans from getting their information searched for no reason. But the Patriot Act took those away in the interest of national security so the FBI or the NSA could eavesdrop on all your calls, your emails, and texts using the Patriot Act just to make sure you weren't being a terrorist. Yes, and this bill is, like, very, very broad. A lot of people, like, literally have not read it, so that's not that senators read much, but, like, a lot of people <laughs> don't have, honestly have not read it. Um, but it has three main parts. There's a snooping part we just talked about. Um, It also made it easier for agencies to communicate about their snooping with each other, and it increased penalties for terrorism and what qualified as terrorism. Regardless, um, the increased scope for intelligence agencies, no one seemed to really care about. um, And the act was passed pretty overwhelmingly um, with bipartisan support. Remember, like, what was it? 9-11 was like 10th house cancer like, was the moon in cancer at that time? I forgot. But like, yeah, the moon had just entered cancer. But everyone's like all like fucked up on like emotions and like nationalism. So it just passed like super quickly. Some might say opportunistically in Congress. So um, what's its chart like? And this was on October 26, 2001. Um, Saturn in Gemini had stationed retrograde in the 40 or so days since 9-11. 
And it was heading for America's Descendant. And in mundane charts, the Descendant is like open enemies of the nation, which is like maybe why it seemed like a good idea. Honestly, it's so hard for me to make excuses for this because it's such a garbage law. But also (laughs) Venus in Libra was conjunct Mercury, which was conjunct the 9-11 Mercury Ascendant conjunction. And Mercury had stationed direct four days earlier on uh, October 22nd, and 9-11 was the first day of the shadow period. So this is like reactivating the whole like national sentiment from 9-11, like that exact day. Um, and if you listen to our 9-11 episode, you might remember, again, that Mercury was conjunct America's Saturn on 9-11. And the Ascendant uh, for the first plane hitting was also exactly conjunct America's Saturn. So Saturn is like the planet of discipline and while it can like help you mature, sometimes it's like flat out sinister. I don't think that everything is a lesson all the time. Sometimes I think it's just <laughs> shitty. Um, and Mercury is obviously just communication. Libra is a sign of egalitarianism. So I feel like this is basically Saturn is like reflecting the restriction of communication rights in the name of egalitarianism and like being a team player. And no one's really in their right state of mind for reasons beyond astrology. But that astrology all reflects. Cam, please give us some insight. You know, it's super funny. Um, I don't usually use like the sun on the ascendant for many charts, but you, you, you guys do that for all these charts and they really make sense when you do them. Um, I, I really, because well, again, what people got to understand about like, 9-11 and I mean again regardless of people's you know views if it was a conspiracy or not it was used as an agenda to push war profiteering yeah. essentially yeah. and the whole thing um, regardless you know the invasion of Afghanistan the invasion of Iraq the all of this stuff was mostly propaganda like the weapons of mass destruction thing WMDs that was a lie and the big thing I want to bring up is the Saturn Pluto opposition in this chart it's almost exact Saturn is retrograde let's and, 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 and in this chart Saturn Saturn is in the eighth house of other people's information, other people's business, other people's money. And it's Saturn in Gemini. And well, notice, too, that the node had just yeah. ingressed into a retrogress into Gemini. And the nodes bring um, the nodes intensify subjects. So, for example, um, the Cuban Missile Crisis was a Saturn Mars opposition on the nodes. So the, that mm. word crisis of things happening. Oh, you, we got to do it right now. Otherwise, you know, the world's going to end. North node in Gemini, Saturn in Gemini being like, hey, we're going to take you right away. We're going to snoop into your information, but you are going to kind of like it in a sense because of nationalism. Right. You're right. We're all drunk. We're all drunk. I mean, I was like five. So like, I don't remember shit. But, like, but everyone around me is probably drunk on nationalism. And again, it's the Saturn Pluto thing. You know, also, you know, we're, we're, we're going to look for something that we can't actually put a name on. It's a moving target. That's the thing with the Sagittarius Gemini stuff is, oh, it's going to go from terrorism to this to that. And then what actually classifies as terrorism, what actually classifies as, you know, as this, as that. It's all kind of a smoke and mirrors thing in order to, you know, of course, just past sweeping legislation to access more American stuff. Same thing as, you know, that's why we went, we were like, let's go to Iraq instead of Afghanistan or instead of Saudi Arabia, where actually I think it was like 11 of the hijackers yeah. were actually from. Yeah. Let's go to a random country that's got all the oil. And that's the, actually the problem. So, you know, I look at this as sad. It's, you know, the, I'm, sure, I'm sure this probably wasn't, you know, past that. 12 p.m. exactly on, on that Friday, but this is has Saturn in the eighth house opposite Pluto. Again, like, your information is mine based off of a fear. Yeah. Shit. There's a lot of debate about the Patriot Act. <laughs> <laughs> like you said, as mentioned. <laughs> but, you know, a lot of people just haven't read it, but the groups that have read it, like the ACLU, have come forward to say it absolutely violates the First Amendment. So, uh, the First Amendment... Like, welcome back to, like, fifth grade history class. Please don't die of boredom. But it gives Americans a few things. And the one that we care the most about in this situation is it gives us the right to express ourselves without having to worry about the fucking government, like, fucking with us or interfering. And the Patriot Act gave the government the ability to get a warrant to look at your stuff without probable cause. So, you know, that is not the best thing for the First Amendment. So, um, you know, just want to see what's the vibe between the Pat Act and the First Amendment. Okay, and I'm also comparing a little bit with America's chart. So the First Amendment was passed on December 15th, 1791. So the Patriot Act was signed during the Uranus opposition to when the First Amendment was signed almost exactly. And transiting Uranus is also exactly conjunct the First Amendment Pluto. 
So all this is like foaming at the mouth vibes. Um, Uranus is shock. It's events that are unpredictable and oppositions are aspects of conflict. Uranus is also freedom. This means that the founding fathers and their associates uh, could never really have predicted the heinous invasion of privacy that the Patriot Act would incur because they thought it was like ironclad. And then furthermore, Uranus in Leo, uh, Uranus was in Leo when they signed the First Amendment, which is the sign where America's North Node is. And the North Node, again, is kind of like a North Node on a compass in a way. It's also like Cam said before, it's like, what is, what, how did you put it? You put it so well when we were talking about just now. Oh, intensifying a subject. Beautiful. Thank you. Uranus in Leo is about individual liberty and the First Amendment obviously was protecting that. Uranus in Aquarius uh, was in Aquarius when the Patriot Act was signed. For me, I feel like no one, it like obliterated a sense of individual liberty. No, that is a very, very good way to put it. The fact that it was the Uranus opposition of, so if you guys are looking at it for the people that are listening, the amendment chart is Uranus and Leo, Moon and Leo versus that was Uranus and Aquarius and that was that Uranus opposition being like, oh, we're actually going to this this radical idea of a right that you have. Um, you know, it's Uranus also on top of Pluto. Like, it's not like it was just taken away for any reason. It was, it was you know, there was a stipulation on it and it was like because of a fear, because of a, because Pluto just really does rule a lot of these fear things and things that like people don't really know what's going on. Uh, it's a lot of panic stuff. Uranus on top of Pluto is like, hey, we're all freaking out. Let's just take care of this anyway. Let's also look at that in the, uh, if I'm looking at this right, the amendment chart of when the first amendment was created has Mars at 22 Virgo right on top of America's Neptune in Virgo, mm-hmm. where there's this kind of, hey, we're going to do we're going to do things with your information. We're going to do things with the things that you with the information that we have about you that you're not actually aware of that we're going to be doing with that. Um, Mars on top of the Nept- on Mars on top of Neptune, too, just in, in my opinion. Well, this is the amendment chart, um, which is, I don't know, even more interesting to me, because it, when you can look at these type of transits you can kind of foreshadow things right mars on top of neptune maybe that first amendment thing is it there's a little bit of stipulation with it. i mean we're living in the times right now too where you know that stuff is coming into question and just mars mars in virgo on the descendant in the amendment chart being on top of america's neptune is very i think the definitions of that are very unclear and i mean we're, we're seeing that today even it, let alone 20 years ago right also the sun is in sagittarius in america's first house when they signed the first amendment which is like in uh in the spirit of the people, and then the sun is in Scorpio in America's 12th house when the Patriot Act was signed, which is uh, just underhanded mob, murder, I guess hospitals too, <laughs> but like it's just some horseshit. Since it was signed into law, there were parts that were ruled as un- unconstitutional, um, but like when it was signed into law, there were some parts that had sunset clauses, which was like, we have to review this section in like five years or whatever. Um, because we were so like, like jerking ourselves off with nationalism, like people like had the peace of mind or like the high or the foresight to be like, yo, like, let's review this a little bit later down the line. So over the years, parts of it have been debated and reauthorized. And as of 2020, the vote to review those sections was postponed. So I, I honestly couldn't figure out like if that means they just expired or like if they're still in use, but there was like a reason why they just decided not to vote on them again. I think it was because of like funding or something, but they're just kind of like, I don't even know. Funding. In the ether. Well, it's interesting that you say funding because the one thing I wanted to say too is uh, the Patriot Act was signed during Jupiter's America, uh, uh, America's Jupiter return, which is really important because I mean, America's a very um, interesting country when it comes to how we react like we our ascendant ruler is jupiter in the eighth house like um the civil war and the aspect of death completely changed the face of this nation and just jupiter return jupiter every time jupiter goes in the cancer in the eighth house we do something in fear of something or we do something in order to protect something and it's in those eighth house areas of like hey you know what's well, it's you know jupiter's uh jupiter in the eighth house too is like a really interesting um it, it's well it's really interesting about like america's uh, foreign policy when it comes to immigration like, we're both, like, really anti-immigrant, but also very pro-immigrant in this really weird way, where we're kind of back and forth on it, like, what matters and what doesn't. And it's just interesting that you see, you know, Jupiter here in the eighth house talking about, hey, this Patriot Act was, like, for a sense of protection. It wasn't for, like, oh, you know, we're you don't you no longer have your first amendment rights. It's, oh, it's because of a protective um, clause. It's for a, it's based off of a fear base, you know yeah. what I mean? We're coming towards the end of this episode, and we couldn't talk about 9-11 without talking 
about some of its conspiracy theories. So <laughs> since the day of the attacks, 9-11 has had a lot of conspiracy theories surrounding it. And a large reason for that is because a lot of um, information about September 11th remains a secret. There are 28 sealed pages from a congressional inquiry about the attacks. There's other information that has been released over the years, but a lot of it is redacted. So like it's like you can have this, but not really. Um, So knowing that, what are some theories that people have surrounding all of this secrecy? Okay, yeah, there are literally so many theories about 9-11. Like not only am I probably on a watch list now, but I was driven to the brink of insanity just looking at them. (laughs) Um, But, you know, to name a few, there's one claim that you know, the whole thing was an elaborate satanic ritual. Oh, my God. Um, look it up because of the number 11. Um, others claim Flight 93, a.k.a. the one that crashed, was shot down instead of crashing. Another huge one is that Building 7, which was another building in the area near the Twin Towers. And the Twin Towers together shouldn't have collapsed. So people think it was like a controlled demolition. So, like, you know, it was just an elaborate plane crash moment so they could explode everything. Yes. And um, other theories say missiles were fired at the Pentagon. A plane couldn't have crashed into it because the size of the hole was too small to be from a passenger jet. Um, They say that insider traders were tipped off about the attacks. So that's why they invested in American Airlines and United. And there's also a ton um, of ones that we will not bring up because they're super anti-Semitic and, yeah, pretty fucked up. And I mean, no matter where you look, like if you Google 9-11 conspiracies, um, you will find something new about it. I know I did. But I think like the biggest one to me is like whether you think the United States government knew about the attacks prior and just kind of let them happen. Um, And I think there's interesting evidence on both sides of the argument but that's just me (laughs) yes um some people see the aftermath of 9-11 as sort of a tipping point for the type of conspiracy thought associated with QAnon um basically because the Bush administration just lied to us about a lot of things but about weapons in Iraq so we could go to war there a lot of trusted government officials of that time presented exaggerated and false claims to the public and like we just believed it so um yes even even actually like there's a whole survivors group that like believes in that particular conspiracy theory that it was an inside job is what they call it yeah here's what i have for the charts for this i have uh, america's chart outside of it it's another triwheel big for this episode um with the great conjunction in taurus Yes, this is like to kind of like if we want to look at like the global or just like the american outlook at this time, like, you know, I thought that was the best way to compare it just because that th- these events are happening around great conjunctions and great conjunctions kind of separate larger chapters of um, time. So the first one in 2000 was in Taurus, which is about security and Uranus was in Aquarius. And so the one that just happened was in Aquarius and Uranus is in Taurus. So this is like a switching of uh, squares. It's about security versus like the people the people is aquarius and just that soul square is like a, an immense tension right people are like again at war with uh, each other although before it wasn't i didn't i thought there was a much a lot of community around 9-11 but again also there's like a gemini activation so the first great conjunction in taurus was during america's mars return in the house of enemies and then the second grade conjunction in, in 2020, um, the North Node is crossing that um, aspect. Gemini also likes to talk. So as a Gemini, I throw ideas out all the time that I don't even really believe in. Um, <laughs> I just want to get them out there and see how they sound and see if, they, you know, like I want people to respond to me and then I can see what that reality feels like, you know. Don't tweet. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I really don't. Um, but yeah, I'm really curious about Cam's ideas about these charts. Well, when you look at the the Jupiter Saturn thing, is just the tale as old as time. Like it literally is. Like, well, I'm like, well, I'm getting like Jesus was the Jupiter Saturn conjunction. You're literally talking about huge, you know, uh, uh, kingdoms coming into place, kingdoms falling down. The Civil War was a Saturn Jupiter conjunction. The whole uh, AIDS crisis, Reagan war on drugs was the Saturn Jupiter conjunction. Uh, during this time, this was literally like uh, you could also the you could easily three say that have all ushered in kind of like wars on abstract ideals. 
Oh, yeah, crazy. Yeah, well, that's what was really interesting about the Jupiter-Saturn conjunction in Libra, because that was the first, that one was back in the 80s, in 1981. That was the first air conjunctions, which really introduced, like, a kind of, you know, war on, war on drugs, war on, yeah, war, war on ideas, essentially. Um, but this was kind of like, it, I mean, this was the two, this was before the dot-com bubble. This was, I mean, we were just talking about this before the show, how peaceful the 2000 election was. Like, huh? there were, like George Bush was like, <laughs> well, George, it it, it, well, it's so crazy the parallels versus like 20 years later, Americans are like um, like dying for like the results of an election versus we were joking about it. Yeah, you know, 20 years ago, it's kind of it, it's it's almost stark how much of a difference there is. But you know, Saturn Jupiter conjunction in Taurus, I really think of that was kind of the prime of America for the 20th century, um, and we've kind of went into quite an interesting decline since then in a lot of ways, both, you know, economically, societally, um, in a lot of different ways, and I really looked at the Jupiter-Saturn conjunction as Taurus as this weird kind of peak moment um, in, I mean, between, like, that was kind of the end of the 90s, beginning of the 2000s, right? Like, a real shift in everything. Um, it was in the 6th house, I th- the economy was fine, um, everything was kind of fine, really, until 9-11, yeah. Which is the sad yeah. part. You could look back at the Jupiter Saturn conjunction in Libra, and of course, it was bad for us, like for a lot of groups of people. But we as Americans have this absolute romanticization of mm, the eighties and the Reagan and the Reagan era, and how everyone was on coke. everything was yeah, everyone was all coked out. In the nineties, everyone was like, well, on heroin in Seinfeld. Yeah, I really looked at this Jupiter Saturn conjunction. Taurus was, I mean, also too that May of two thousand, there was it was a Jupiter Saturn Mars Venus Mercury Sun Moon conjunction. Like there was literally like every planet in Taurus. Which, like, at the end of the day, Taurus is, like, it's, like, literally the sign that represents the middle of spring. All of the fruit are growing. All the flowers are blossoming. The weather's nice. Hang out and relax. You know what I mean? That's that's literally what what Taurus represents. And so that it's really interesting that that Saturn-Jupiter conjunction really symbolized, like, a time of of peace before everything really, of course, changed. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I love the Taurus thing. Well... Cam, thank you again for joining us on this conspiracy late in episode, and I hope you join us for more. Um, where do you want people to find you? <laughs> Anytime you got a conspiracy one, throw it, throw it at me. I super thank you for having me on here. I was super. We like, love when it. You guys were like, this "Oh, we're going to do a 9/11 episode." I was like, "What? Like, I want to, I want to be on the 9/11 episode." <laughs> um, you guys, you can find me on YouTube, Cam White, Cam White Astro, or the Delineation of a Podcast YouTube channel. Watch my horoscopes; they kick ass, and I'll help you. They are really <laughs> good. I love give, them. Yeah. Thank you. I so appreciate it. They're really that. funny. And thank you guys for having me on. This was a Thanks super fun coming. talk. Well, thank you, Cam. And thank you for listening to this bonus episode. Yes. And please leave us a five-star review and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you listen on. But make sure to follow us. We're Allegedly Astro on Twitter. Allegedly Astrology. It's longer. On Instagram, Hey Hero, and Reddit. And you could um, go to our website, allegedlyastrology.com. Check us out. Um, check out late, like past episodes and um, book a reading with Dana. Yes. I'm Elise. I'm Dana. And I'm Sarah. And this is Allegedly Astrology. 